0: Card, He continued through the bulky turnstile, the long wraparound entrance hall smelling of disinfectant, the endless directory of offices and rooms, mounted overhead like the flight times at an airport. He rounded the corner, and then another corner, until he arrived at the doors on the Alexander Plot side of the building. As he walked away from the Palast, he studied the images reflected on the building's mirrored glass a lanky fellow in workman's shoes and a lunch pail, a big-breasted frau with puffy hungover eyes, a pair of gray-suited bureaucrats with complexions to match. Nobody he recognized. Nobody who triggered any sense of alarm. Belknap proceeded to the grand promenade of Stalinist neoclassicism known as Karl Marx Alley. The extra-wide streets were fronted with eight-story buildings. The promenade was a beautiful lie. Richard Lugner, however, was an ugly one. Lugner had sold out his country, but he hadn't sold cheap. The fading tyrants of Eastern Europe Lugner had grasped had never been more desperate than they were now, and their desperation matched his avarice. The American secrets he had been purveying, including the names of deep-cover American assets in their own Soviet-style security bureaus, could not be passed up. His treachery presented a rare opportunity. He made separate deals with each member of the Eastern Bloc, once the goods had been sampled and proven authentic, the identity of perhaps one American asset who would be carefully monitored before being arrested, tortured, and executed. Lugner was able to name his price. Belknap waited for a few battered-looking Skoda cars to pass and crossed the boulevard just before the intersection where a decrepit-looking hardware store advertised its wares. Would anybody follow him in? Had he only imagined that tale in the first place? A cheap door of plexiglass and enameled aluminum banged behind him as he entered. The dour woman, the shop's eigentuma, continued to scowl as he found items that suggested someone doing maintenance in the apartment blocks. A pail, a container of ready-mixed plaster, a tube of grout, a wide-bladed spackling knife. Within a city in constant need of repair, the tools would immediately explain his presence almost anywhere he appeared. The counterwoman gave him another grudging, the customer is always wrong glare, but sulkily took his money, as if accepting a compensation for an injury. Gaining entrance to the apartment block turned out to be child's play. His heart started to thud, a tom-tom of anticipation that he could not dampen. The next moments would be crucial, Lugner's quarters, evidently a substantial suite with windows facing both the main street and the narrow side street, Koppenstrasse, were down one long hallway, and then a short one. Belknap approached the door to the suite and set down his pail. From a distance, he would look like a workman repairing one of the missing floor tiles in the corridor. Then, checking that the hallways were clear, Belknap knelt down before the lever handle. Round doorknobs were almost never seen in this country and inserted a small optical scope through the keyhole. If he could establish a DPS, he could effectively keep a watch while a proper exfiltration team was mobilized. A big if. Yet this time the trail was short enough that Belknap felt hopeful. It had begun with a late-night visit to the Pissoir of the Friedrichstrasse train station, where he had eventually accosted one of the so-called Bonhoeff boys, the male prostitutes who frequented such sites. They shared information with far greater reluctance than they did their bodies, as soon became clear, and for a much steeper price. The very predilections that had led Lugner to cross over, he had always been convinced, would betray the betrayer, an appetite for underaged flesh. Lugner's indulgences would have caught up with him had he stayed in Washington, and it was not an appetite easily or long slaked. If any of their number had been entertained by a generous American with a pitted face and a taste for thirteen-year-olds, Belknap figured it wasn't improbable that the news had spread among his brethren. It had taken a good deal of cajoling and reassurances, not to mention a sheaf of marks, but the hustler finally went off to ask around, returning two hours later with a scrap of paper and a triumphant look on his lightly pimpled face. Belknap twisted the fiber-optic scope, moving it slowly into position. His were not the most practiced fingers, and he could afford no slips. He heard a noise behind him, the scrape of boots on tile, and whirled around to see the business end of a short-barreled SKS carbine. Then the man holding it. He wore a dark blue-gray uniform with steel buttons and a beige plastic communicator strapped beneath his right shoulder. Stasi, the East German Secret Police. Belknap rose slowly to his feet, his hands raised, affecting bewilderment while calculating his counter-strike. Suddenly he heard the door to the apartment open behind, felt the warm air inside, and felt a forceful blow to the side of his neck. Powerful arms wrestled him to the ground, hurled him face down onto the wooden parquet of the foyer. Immediately someone had a boot on the back of his head. Unseen hands patted him down, extracted the small handgun secreted in its ankle holster. Then he was hustled into an adjoining room. A door closed behind him with a heavy thunk. God damn it! Had they been on to him all along? Now he made out his surroundings clearly. He was in something like a home office with a costly-looking Turkish flat weave on the floor, an ebony-framed mirror on the wall, and a large Biedermeyer-style desk. Behind it stood Richard Lugner, a man he had never met but a face he would know anywhere. The slit-like mouth, the deeply pitted cheeks, the two-inch-long scar that curved across his forehead like a second left eyebrow. The photographs did him full justice. Belknap took in the man's small, malevolent, anthracite eyes, and in Lugner's hands a powerful shotgun— its twin boreholes bearing down on him like a second pair of eyes. Two other gunmen, well-trained professionals, it was obvious from their bearing, their firing stance, their watchful gaze, stood to either side of Lugner's desk, their weapons trained on Belknap. Persistent little bugger, aren't you? Lugner said at last. His voice was a nasal rasp. You're like a human tick. Screw you. The words flared from Belknap in a low growl. Temper, temper. Don't worry, the trader said in a voice of pretend reassurance. I'll be taking you to a place you've never been before, too. Belknap's gaze moved from the fathomless black of the shotgun muzzle to the fathomless black of Lugner's eyes. Belknap was able to make sense of the ensuing seconds only in retrospect, A loud crash of window glass. Lugner, startled by the sound, turning to the bay window to his left. Muzzle flash from a handgun. A split second later, sparking into the darkened apartment like a lightning bolt glaring off mirrors and metal surfaces, and... A plume of blood at Richard Lugner's right temple. The traitor's expression suddenly went slack as he collapsed on the floor, motionless. The shotgun falling with him like a stroke victim's cane. Someone with perfect aim had put a bullet through Lugner's head. The guards spread out in either direction and aimed their weapons toward the broken window. The work of a sniper? Catch, a voice called out, that of an American, and a handgun came sailing through the air toward Belknap. Belknap dropped to the floor, felt a bullet zing just above his shoulder, and fired twice at the gunman closest to him, striking him in the chest. Mortally wounded, scarlet blood gouting from his sternum, the first gunman began discharging the rounds in his magazine wildly. The sturdily constructed suite amplified the boom of the large caliber shells, and in the gloom, the repeated white muzzle flare was painfully bright. Belknap fired a second time, shooting the man in the face. The gun, an old-style semi-automatic Walther, favored by certain ex-military types because it reputedly never jammed, fell heavily to the floor, followed by its owner moments later. The stranger. He was tall, agile, clad in tan workman's coveralls, glittering with shards of broken glass. Leaped to one side to avoid the other hireling's fire even as he returned fire with a single perfect headshot. Another instant drop. The stillness was eerie. Long seconds of the profoundest quiet that Belknap had ever known. The stranger had looked almost bored as he dispatched Lugner and his crew, nothing indicating that his pulse had risen in the slightest. I do hope he has a good housekeeper, the man said, flicking shards of glass from his tan coveralls. They were standing among three bleeding corpses in the middle of a police state, and he seemed in no hurry at all. He extended a hand. My name's Jared Reinhardt, by the way.